week, we're kind of doing some series. We're trying to engage our kids a little bit. They're going to be out. Some of them are going to be out this week working, and some will be in hanging out. But kind of about some of this idea of, uh, of camping, right? If you're last week, we looked at a, a clip from the Goofy movie and kind of about preparedness and um, the idea of, you know, with Jesus in, encountering some of his would-be followers who think they're prepared to follow him, but they're, they're not. And how sometimes in life we need to work on, like, being prepared to be unprepared and how we're going to respond to that. And one of the ways that we get prepared for, for really anything in life is, is, by, is by doing, right? It's, it's, it's by doing. Uh, it's reps. I was watching uh, some of a surf contest the other day. It's a world, world tour to stop in South Africa and uh, watching Kelly Slater's heats. All right, so Kelly Slater, just one of the all-time greats, probably the all-time great, 11 world titles, 51 years of age, still surfing uh, on the world tour. And he's out there running his heat with two other people. And the heat's not going well for him, right? He's just, he just doesn't seem in sync, and it's not great if he's on your fantasy team. Not that it's important, but it kind of is. And he's just not doing well, and he didn't look connected with his, his board or the way the timing wasn't right. And the commentators are talking about uh, Kelly Slater, who's been doing this a long time and, and is the, perhaps the best ever at, at this craft. The commentators are talking about how he just arrived in, in South Africa like the night before, right? So he's... he's you know, wherever he's, in, he's out here, he's in Florida, wherever he is, he just arrived in South Africa the night before, when all the other surfers had been there probably for like almost, you know, a week, and, and they're prepping, and they're getting in, in, in reps, and, you know, they're getting in waves, and they're testing their equipment, and it, and it comes to Kelly on his board in these waves, they were saying there's just no substitute for reps, there's no substitute for reps, not even for Kelly Slater, not even for like the greatest of all time. Right? And he's had plenty of reps uh, last year. He's, he was there. He's, he's had plenty of reps over his career. But there was no substitute, I would say this, for even for recent reps. Just for getting, getting in, in the game, getting in the water, getting your, getting your hands dirty, getting some practice going. And we're going to look at a passage in Luke 10. It's really Luke 9, Luke 10. And we're going to see followers of Jesus getting in, getting in some reps. And it's a little bit like preseason for the church. So the church hasn't fully started yet. Jesus is still collecting followers. They're learning from him. They're, they're learning to understand his ways, what he's talking about. But he wants to also give them some reps, what it's going to look like after he's gone. And so it's kind of a little bit of this preseason thing. I know we have a lot of baseball people and sports people and, and, and practicing sports. And it's so much this way of putting in time, right? It, it, it's like running scrimmages, right? Do they count? Like, ah, yeah, like they kind of do, right? They help you, they help you and your team. Right? It's the workouts, it's the field work that so many of you guys are coaching and your kids are doing, it's the drills. And, and it's not the end goal, but it's preparation. It prepares, right? workouts. When you work out, you're usually preparing for something. It's field work, it's the drills, right? And the daily in our lives, the way we live our daily, the daily in our lives, right, prepares us for the extraordinary. Right? The daily prepares us for the extraordinary. The little mundane aspects of our life, maybe that's, you know, think about our, our, our students who are, who are practicing, it seems kind of, boring sometimes just to run the same drills over and over again. But it prepares them possibly for an opportunity in a game where you, where you can score a goal or, or, or do something to help your team win. So these daily practices prepare us for the extraordinary moments. And we encounter, I find, big divine moments when we think about God. And some of us have been walking with God for a number of years. Some of us have not begun that journey yet or are still seeking. But these divine moments, right, if there is a God and, and, and he's part of our world, these divine moments, right, we encounter the big divine moments because we have walked through small divine moments. Our life is so much about practicing faithfulness in the small things, right? It's learning. It's, it's, it's the day in. It's the day out. It's your interactions with your neighbors and your people at work. Right? It's listening to God in those moments 
Right? Not just the huge moments in your life, like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? I need God now. But when we work that out, when we get those reps of listening and spending time with God and in community, we're more prepared for when the big moments do come. Luke 10 goes on and says this. This is about halfway through Jesus' ministry. He's, uh, he's done some miracles. He, he, he draws a crowd. And he's starting to empower his, his followers. It says this in, in Luke 10. Uh, we'll, read a, we'll read some of it, and, and uh, you can kind of follow along if, if you like it. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So after this would be after this, after chapter 9, we saw Jesus sent out to 12. So we had these, these close guys with him all the time, his 12 followers. He sent them out. They did some ministry in towns without Jesus, right? They're getting in some reps. They're getting in some, some practice without Jesus physically being with them. And then it goes on and says this. He sends out another other 72, another 72. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone approaches peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. He goes on to say, when you enter a town and are welcome, again, eat what is offered you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near. He says this, the kingdom of God has come near. And it wraps up in verse 17, a little further along. The disciples come back, and it says they returned with great joy. They returned with great joy. So Jesus is sending out these 72 who we don't know. We don't know their names. Uh, we don't know exactly where they come from. They're, they're, they're kind of a large group of unnamed followers, which is kind of super pure and, and, and very cool in so many ways. Like, we don't know their names. We just know they did the work. They were happy to do it. And their names are known to God. Right? And this is really more like most of us. Most of us will kind of probably be like the 72. We're not going to maybe be Peter or Paul or John or have these you know, books written about us. But we have an opportunity to, to serve the Lord, to be sent out by God, and, and, to, and to find joy in doing that. He says, I'm sending you to where I'm about to go. And this imagery, I love this imagery when I think about it, for when God calls us and prompts us. And some of us are in tune with that, and some of you don't maybe quite get that. But we've all had a feeling, right? Everybody feel like, I just got a feeling, a gut feeling. It's not all that different than that, right? It's a, it's a movement of something in your soul that prompts you towards something. And so there's this call to go. And it promises, well, God is, of course, everywhere. God's saying to go, but God's everywhere. Well, he's with us. He's, he's ahead of us. He's behind. But when God, God calls us to go to places, come as a place, a, a situation, a, a people, a person, Often we think, oh, man, I don't, can you just go, God? Can you just go fix everything? But we find that God likes to utilize us. And as we act in faith, we'll see that God has our back. Right? I can think of the, the disciples here, the followers here. They're thinking, you know, Lord, we just pray that your spirit would move throughout the villages. And then God would say, well, yeah, why don't you go and preach the kingdom there? Why don't you go and heal the sick there? So often in our lives, we, we can notice need around us. Like, oh, Lord, that person's so lonely. They, they need a friend. Just be with them, Lord. But the Lord might say, well, well, why don't you be with them? Why don't you be the friend? And as we listen and respond and we go, we'll often see God fill in. Last, last Sunday morning, uh, we were just hanging out prepping for things. And uh, I noticed a guy coming approaching the building from, from the back. And, and uh, he was a houseless guy, probably a homeless guy. And he comes up to the door. And I'm like, oh, let me see, you know, see, what he's, see what he's up to. And he 
starts asking if we have any shoes here. He's like, you guys have any shoes? I see he's carrying these shoes. And he says, you know, my, my shoes are too small. Do you have a bigger size? I'm like, does this look like a shoe store, dude? Like, what? I don't have shoes here. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll look. I don't think we have shoes here. I don't know where he got his shoes. I don't know why he was here looking for shoes. But we're at church. And I'm happy to help. So I go look around in the back. No shoes. And I feel kind of bummed. Like, ah, shoot. I thought there may be some old pair of shoes around. And I'm talking with this, this guy. He seems like a nice enough, he's a younger guy, you know, nice enough kid. And I think, man, I have some shoes on. And like, I have shoes at home, extra shoes at home. I can replace the ones I'm wearing. I'm thinking, I can pray for this guy to get shoes, or I can like give him my shoes. And I look down at my feet, and I'm like, oh man, I like the shoes I have on, I like these shoes. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to give them away. I look down, and I'm like, oh man, like, hey, what size are you? And he says, nine. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm a 10 and a half. He's like, what? I'm like, I didn't say that out loud. But I go to my backpack, and I, I'm like, I don't know if I have any caps. I, I have to find $10 in my backpack. And I say, sorry, man, it's all I have up here. I really don't. We, don't. we don't have an office up here with money in it. I don't have, a shoe, I don't have shoes up here. And I find $10, and I say, so sorry. He said, this is perfect. I have five, and I can get a pair from Walmart. Right? And it's not always our ability to solve everything, but it's our availability that God is after. It's not your ability to fix everything, but it's your availability to get after it. And the 72 he's sending out, these weren't Jesus' closest followers. They weren't graduates of Jesus' seminary. But they were able to listen and to go. Listen and go. They were available. They were available to Jesus. And he sends them out two by two. Right? He doesn't send them out alone. He sends them out two by two. And Jesus here is teaching so much the necessity early on of unity amongst of believers, uh, of ministers of righteousness. That they might comfort and support one another in, in their sometimes difficult labor. It's not going to be easy, everything they do. And throughout the text, we see the value of relationships. Right? With even the greatest Bible heroes, rarely is there, every, rarely is there ever, ever anyone acting entirely on their own. There's usually some kind of companion. And maybe in this instance, you could cover more ground if they went by themselves. Well, if you just go here, here, we can cover so much more ground. But no, they go together, go together. Right, there's a famous proverb, some, some, some tribute to an African proverb. It says, if you want to go fast, right? if you want to go fast, what? Go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. And Jesus is driving this, this message home early on with his, his followers. Go together. And this could be a mission like they're doing here, maybe being sent out. It's nice to go with someone. Uh, this could be going into a tough meeting. Right? It's something you're anxious about. It's something you're nervous about. It's a conversation you know you should have. Loop someone in. Don't go alone. I love following our men's thread, our, our, our church men's thread. And, and it's so many opportunities for this because people will say, well, I have an interview coming up, guys. You know, just be praying for me. Like, like we can't go to the interview, but we can, we can get their back. We can follow up. We can pray. I'm going into a hard meeting. I just want to loop someone in. Can you guys get my back? Or I got a doctor's appointment. Right? Don't go alone. Don't go alone. There's no reason to. There's no reason to. I was surfing yesterday for a little bit. And it uh, wasn't great, but I said, like, oh, I'll go out to only two other guys in the water. I paddle out. And like, within 15 minutes, these guys go in. I was like, oh, cool. I'm out here alone. But all of a sudden, I'm never this way. I started thinking about sharks. And I just, <laughs> I mean, I was just getting, I was spooked. I mean, I'm like looking at seaweed. I'm jumping at seaweed. Like my leash kept touching me. It was making me uncomfortable. I kept looking at the birds. Like those birds, those birds look nervous. What are they so nervous about? <laughs> right? And it didn't help that that morning I, I'd watched the footage of a big white shark swim through a lineup in South Africa. 
And I'm just keep thinking about this, and I'm looking back at the beach, like, oh, the lifeguard's pretty far away. I walk by the lifeguard on my way out. I don't know if they can do that much for me anyway. And I was just really unsettled, right? It was probably 15, 20 minutes. Someone else paddles out. They're kind of down the break, but I felt so much better, like, because they looked like a better snack than I did. So I'm like, oh, this guy's out here. No, I was like, oh, there's someone else out there. Now, are they going to prevent anything from happening? Probably not. But the presence made me comfortable. Jesus is saying, don't go alone. Don't do, don't do this stuff alone. Don't do life alone. Maybe you have your handle on it now, and that's great. I hope it's going that well for you. But man, the moment something comes up, you're going to want somebody. Again, it's just to loop somebody in in a conversation. It doesn't even have to fix everything. It's just to be there. Just having another person in the water it, it is comforting. And if you don't have this person, you need this person, right? find this person. Sometimes they get this person, you have to be this person to someone else. It's super important. It's super important. Uh, he goes on to say this and, as he's addressing these, these who he's sending out. Uh, don't carry a, neither money bag, a sack, nor, nor sandals. He's kind of saying, leave your stuff behind. Leave your stuff behind. For this time, I'm asking you to put your stuff down, go out there, and just trust. Put down all the stuff you're used to having. Now, later on in Luke, he'll tell his disciples, hey, take your money, take your bag, take a sword, right? So to leave everything behind is not prescriptive here for everything we need to do, but it's an exercise in the life of the disciples, right? Which is how Jesus works with us today, right? There are these exercises that he'll run us through, these kind of reps, right? It's social media. It's getting off social media when you know you need to. It's maybe a spending freeze and getting your finances under control. It's a season of special attention to someone in your life. It doesn't have to be for your whole life, but it's a moment here. It's a moment here. He's asking those, those who's following him to trust him, not their things, not their belongings. Right? And we live in such a life of, of luxury, right, of comfort. And it's a very unique position in the world. I know some of us here maybe feel like you don't feel like you have that, but it's where we live. Right? It's a comfortable place. We're never usually too hot or too cold, except right now I'm kind of hot. Right? We have the food we want or our, our bed. We try to wear comfortable clothes. We wear comfortable shoes. We like being comfortable. We like our stuff. I told Amy yesterday, she was out, and I saw, like, the lotto thing go by, and it was like, what, $900 million. I'm like, get a lotto ticket while you're out. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of the road from the gas station. I don't feel like going to CVS. She's like, you go. I'm like, I'm already on the couch. I don't want to be, get off the couch. I can't be inconvenienced, at, you know, a chance to win a billion dollars. Like, I'm just comfy. We like to be comfy. We just like to be comfy. And this exercise here is, is so important for Jesus' followers. So important for them to leave this behind, to leave a little bit of comfort behind, to trust Jesus, to trust God, not their things. Some of us are so comfortable in our, in our world right now. Actually, some of us are beginning to pull away from that, right? We, we're, we're so comfor comfortable that people do things like, like Mike and Jason do, triathlons. They train and run triathlons, right, because they're just pushing themselves. People do things like take ice, ice baths. Why? To push past, push past, I'm really asking you why. I've tried it, but Matt, I'm a fan, Matt. But push past comfort, right? We're so comfortable that we have to do things that make ourselves uncomfortable because we feel like, oh my gosh, like the human race is just going to turn into Wally people if we don't work a little harder. And God will love to push us past our comfort limits in that way. Some of our faiths are too comfortable, too comfortable to grow. Too comfortable to become who, you, who you're meant to be. And God is always more concerned with your character than your comfort. 
He will allow a little bit of discomfort to build your character. And lack of comfort in our lives, especially us in, in this kind of upper class, middle class West, lack of comfort in our lives often exposes lack of character. When things are a little uncomfortable, it exposes your character. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes not. He goes on to say this, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near. And I love this rhythm because this is what Jesus always did. He was preaching the word. He was talking about the love of God. But he was also healing people. He was also uh, feeding people. He was ministering to people. He was befriending people. And his works, right, his works accompany word. Go and heal the sick and then preach the kingdom of God. And the healing was part of this preaching, right? The practical was part of the spiritual. Right? It's just through this, the kingdom of God has come near. And the Greek may be better arrived or, or drawn near, or drawn near. I'm going to have our worship guys come up. We'll close out in, in just a minute. After this, the 72 return. It's that they return with joy. They return with joy. We don't know how long they were gone. We don't know all their adventures. Presumably, some of them are hard. Some of them are probably great. They probably met some wonderful people. They probably met some really hard people. But they returned with joy. And I believe in the orientation of our life, for those of us who are, who are in, this, in this realm, is on Jesus. There's a peace and there's a rest and there's a joy that transcends circumstance. That even if you're called into a situation that's, that's diff, you can come, difficult, you come back full of joy. When our story of our life is connected to God, it, it breeds a fulfillment in our, in our soul. And when it's not, often we're plagued by things like envy and comparison and discontentment. And I love, again, this exercise, these 72, just putting in this rep. There's going to be a time when Jesus is not going to be with them in the physical. And he's sending my hey, you guys can do it. You guys do it. You guys practice it. I, I am 100% certain it didn't all go perfectly. They came back filled and sold out. So God, let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you for, for your story and, and just this, uh, this morning in this church community. Lord, I pray for those maybe who are just walking alone. Um, Lord, that you would draw near them, first of all. Uh, but they would have the courage to sort of link into, into relationship with somebody else. Lord, I just pray for the broken heart in this room, Lord. I don't know what that is, Lord, but I just pray for a broken heart uh, that you'd bring healing uh, over these next few minutes in your name. Amen.